what up? Welcome to the Real Talk with AJ podcast. Going on, Caesar. Hello. Okay. All right. I know you got your giant headphones on, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We're on the Real Talk with AJ podcast. Got my man Caesar from the Bay Area. Been a while since we since we chopped it up. What's going on out mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, sir? Uh, it's been raining nonstop. Jeez. Yeah, we got we got a few sprinkles out here in Vegas, but uh, yesterday, but nothing like you guys have been getting in the past weeks or so. All those floods and mass rainstorms out there. Mm-hmm. Is it keeping people inside, or are you guys still able to go out and about and do your thing? We have activities that my kid does in the evenings and whatnot, but I have a schedule that I'm trying to follow, so I've been sticking to that. But yesterday was the windiest day we've had in like years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of really, yeah, I've been living in the area like I don't know, 20 plus years. Uh-huh. And it's the wettest stretch that I can remember. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, it's like, what day isn't it raining? <laughs> is, it, is it raining right now? It was raining earlier today. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. How's the family doing? Good. How's the daughter now? She's in the fourth grade. Yeah, I'm getting older. I'll be 53 in about a month, man. Time is getting by. Time is wow. Time is you only you, wait, you're only 53. Yeah, I'll be 53 on uh, 16 April. So you got a little time to give me a gift. I'll wow. see. Wow. I see my address. <laughs> that's funny. Oh my gosh. So you so you're retired already at 53. That's amazing. Yeah, getting a little bored. I've been throwing some mm-hmm. applications out there looking for some part-time stuff, maybe even full-time if the right thing comes along, you know, try to stay active. This whole mm-hmm. volunteering thing hasn't uh, quite panned out. Like, What are you volunteering yeah. doing? I do Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Las Vegas. I was volunteering out at the uh, YMCA. Mm-hmm. I might have to move on. What's up with the crew? You, you heard from Ellie and the guys or Foy? I know you said you had stopped going to the gym. No, I, I, I haven't heard from Elliot since he dropped. Mm-hmm. He dropped off in July. And then I made a uh, commitment to start going back to the gym. Okay. And I saw Foyle. I ran into Foyle there and I played one quick game with him. You know, mm-hmm. He's there. He's, uh, I'm, I'm looking. It's a shell of what it used to be. Like, no, uh, it's, it's no one there. It's no uh-huh. one there. Which is great. All the lockers are empty and, and do what you want to do, but it's there's no there's no community there anymore, honestly. They still have a lunchtime crew or what's going on with that? No, I was there today. Probably left around twelve ish and I, there's no lunchtime crew. There's a crew that plays John, Donald, and a couple other guys play mm-hmm. I think play still play Monday, Wednesday, Friday at, mm-hmm. at ten but they play at ten thirty. Okay. I'm trying to do a schedule like where I go in the morning. Mm-hmm. exercise and then run around and do stuff during the day okay okay mm-hmm. so i guess bird and those guys are still there bird steve Payne. trying to think off the top of my head those were the usual suspects last time i was there which steve the old steve from berkeley with the big dogs is that his name steve i can't remember I, there's another guy that yeah there's another ball-headed dude that plays I'm, I, he sounds like he's from berkeley <laughs> what do people from berkeley sound like <laughs> well he, he kind of dresses kind of crunchy and he's a scientist, and I think he told me he worked at one of the labs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just assuming he lived in Berkeley. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get knee deep in here. We're going to talk about something that's near and deep to our hearts, mm-hmm. your heart, definitely for sure. We, I want you to bring us up to snuff on what's going on with the 
with the cannabis industry out there in California, mm-hmm. what, what type of moves we're making out there. And if you want to touch on leisure life, go ahead, be my guest, sir. It's been definitely a roller coaster a ride the last couple of years. Pricing for everything is plummeted, mm-hmm. right? So flour or cannabis that used to cost three, four, five thousand dollars a pound on the indoor side, down to a thousand bucks, eight hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks. Yeah, and that was well. Things are supposedly improving the last mm-hmm. six, seven weeks. A lot of folks aren't renewing their licenses and. It's, it is definitely it's still a seasonal market, so I feel like there is a lot of sun-grown competing in the market in the fall, and then that kind of works its way through through this part of the year, typical seasonality. But I think folks are thinking this may be, we may have bottomed as far as pricing, and you know because a lot of folks, a lot of players have ended up leaving the market. A lot of cultivate, a lot of cultivation licenses are gone. I feel like, yeah, maybe it's improving on the wholesale side, but there's still a lot of, lot of problems in the whole supply chain. Tons of issues. Like there's still limited retail, and these retailers don't know what they're doing. They don't pay their bills on time, causing headache across the entire supply chain. Mm-hmm. So if you just Google cannabis California, and there's, you know, it's probably five or six articles written in the last six weeks that describe all the problems hitting different parts of the food chain. Yeah, it's been brutal, absolutely brutal. And yeah, and then, but, but at the same time, you, you are seeing some clear winners or at least folks that are like killing it. And from my observations, it's, it's the guys who have very strong presence in the traditional market and also have, are crossing over into the legal market. Okay. So if you have like legendary growers and cultivators that have been growing cannabis for 10, 15, 20 years that have uh, already have a strong following in the traditional market are crossing over into the legal market and they're crushing it, absolutely crushing it. Yeah, and then how they're winning is they have limited batches, limited releases, and they appeal to a very strong cultural element to the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. Let's pause, tap into that cultural aspect. well this is i'm like a 50 year old guy so i have no business talking about this, this is me as an analyst kind of trying to observe what's happening mm-hmm. and i can tell you like that's why for me i'm trying to get out because like what am i trying to do the people who are buying this cannabis or are, are, are commanding a higher premium are folks who are, are growing some of these exotic strains that they are only available in limited releases and and there's you know sacramento's got a strong contingent of Legacy growers who've been doing this 10, 15, 20 years that are, are starting to crush it because they have these limited, limited release strains. And you have a, a strong community in the Bay Area that has uh, legendary growers. And you have LA with growers that are crushing it because of the same reasons. They have a strong presence in the traditional market and a strong presence in the legal market. Now, they, these guys are all, you know, for the most part, they're tastemakers. They define what the folks who are really into cannabis really want. And I'm not a tastemaker. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I love to get high, you know. And, and right, right, but, right. You know, and some of my friends do, but I'm not a tastemaker in any stretch. So the guys who are winning, from what I can tell, are folks who were defining and leading that. And the guys who are losing are the guys who, who have these mega grows, who grow strings that aren't theirs, or they, you know, growing from clones and, and they're getting crushed. Yeah. So that's, I see the mar- market bifurcating. It's like, kind of like, yeah, like the wine industry, you'll, you'll have your two buck chuck, right? And then you'll ha- have these wines that are cost 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a bottle. And that's what's happening in cannabis. And it's fun seeing it because I'm in the mix. Like I, I'm still on the manufacturing side. So I have a distribution facility and the folks who I currently work with are all very tied in to what's happening on the cultural side or on the connoisseur side and the tastemaker side. So, you know, you remember the, the woman that works for me, right? Or now is kind of more a partner, Amber Lopez, right? She's been in the industry 10 years. Mm-hmm. She's in that late millennial, early generation Z phase of the market. Mm-hmm. And that's the market that's going to end up defining what cannabis looks like over the next five, 10 years. Okay. So I, for me, like having her as a partner, kind of doing some things on retail, which is what she's focused on, is awesome because of her, because she's a tastemaker, right? So she is a tastemaker. She loves, uh, and she only smokes indoor flour. That's it. Like that's anything else is like, she can tell what it is. She doesn't want it. She wants the best. That's why I liked working with Amber Center five years ago, right? They Mm -hmm. were all, they're all tastemakers. Amber Lopez is a tastemaker. The woman who's working, doing sales for us is also a tastemaker. She's been doing cannabis sales for 10 plus years and she only smokes the AR8s. And those are the guys that are kind of killing it right now. And they small batch craft cannabis. So yeah, so I'm uh, I'm excited about seeing how those guys end up performing going forward. But I think betting on that is a smart move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Before I, before I digress to the prices, I wrote down that word. Yeah, big word. Yeah, I think I know what it means. Bifurcating. Can you explain that to the audience? Sure. It's high and low end. That's okay. What's happening. And there's a middle, but the the high end is getting higher. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're, and they're still commanding a premium in the marketplace and they're, and I can list them all, list a bunch of names and you can research them, but like there's deep East Oakland, deep, uh, DEO farms that the same guys, Doja pack. And yeah, they have the hottest strains that are coming from the Bay area, coming from LA that in Europe, you have to, you know, you pay hundreds of dollars per ounce mm-hmm. for their flour and they have incredible Instagram followers and they're tastemakers. They're the guys who define what the market looks like, okay. you know, and fortunately for us being in Oakland, we're one of the epicenters of not only cannabis cultivation, indoor cultivation, but we're also like at the birthplace of legalization in California. So this is a great place to have a, a cannabis business or being involved in it because you get to see a lot of different uh, parts of the market. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's bifurcating. You got a high and low end, and the and the, the low end is getting is, is being thinned out because a lot of folks can't survive on low margins and and you know branding and all. So. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that word, man. You're using those dollar words for fifty cent conversation. Yeah. No, the other thing that I've been focused my time on more recently, and I I think I told you about this when you came visit. We developed a pre roll machine. Mm-hmm. And I could talk about that for a long time too, because we were manufacturers and we know how to make stuff. And five years ago, if you were trying to scale a cannabis business, trying to get from A to B and grow it faster, most people didn't make those investments because it was still illegal. Mm-hmm. You could talk to like, you go to, you know, it's funny going to trade shows now versus trying to go to them six, seven years ago, or trying to get like an alarm company to service the cannabis facility. They would just turn their noses up. Mm-hmm. Now that the industry is maturing and growing, you see a lot more investment in technology and into processes to make things faster, quicker, cheaper, because things and products are being commoditized. The more people have licenses, the more states legalize cheaper flowers when they get across the country. It's happening now. But I got into this uh, with, with Amber Center because I love the fact that everything was brand new, mm-hmm. that things hadn't been automated yet. 
And when we think about automation and people kind of think about a Frito-Lay line or Pepsi, Pepsi, you know, the Pepsi plant, and you see thousands of bottles, but in, in the cannabis industry, you're just trying to get from like rolling a hundred joints a day to a thousand, <laughs> not, trying, not, not trying to figure out how to get from a hundred joints a day to a hundred thousand an hour, you yeah. know? So that was awesome. Like I, I was at the early part of that cycle and it was across every single product. Nothing was being mass produced yet. That was always like, so when Amber Essential would think of products, I would, my first thought was like, how do we make it quicker, faster, cheaper? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I gravitated towards was like pre-rolls, how do you make that quicker, faster, cheaper? Mm -hmm. And the machine that was available at the time to get you to make a hundred and you know, a hundred every couple of minutes or a couple, you know, or so they claim was a company called Futurola, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Knockbox. So you Google Knockbox, there's a hundreds of videos on YouTube and they were the first to design this product and it's ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. in California. It's ubiquitous in states where uh, cannabis has been uh, illegal for 10 years. So Colorado, Washington, yeah. Leg we call it these legacy markets, California. This tool that, you know, people bought for five or six grand is what people use to go get, you know, to go from a hundred joints and every few minutes to a thousand, 10,000, a hundred thousand a day. And it's grossly inefficient. So I went to a, a factory in LA last week. Okay. Right? They had this tool that we all had to buy at some point. I bought it two, six years ago. It's called the Knockbox, right? There's a hundred mm -hmm. joints every three minutes. So the, I'm at the facility and this is a huge facility, mm -hmm. a huge cannabis distributor in LA. And I haven't been to a facility this big. Oh my gosh, the warehouse, they had shit stacked up everywhere. And I know it's probably relatively small for like, for, um, well, actually I haven't been to a facility that big in Salinas, but this one was the first one I'd been to in, a, in like a city. And it was in the middle of LA and, and a green zone area. And that, you know, rim to rim pack, you know, pallets, all full, all full of finished goods for all these different clients that they had. Mm -hmm. And they had another room, a manufacturing room where they were doing pre-rolls for their clients. Okay. Right? And they had, no joke, they had at least 15, 25 foot tables. Wow. Right. They had people on these tables, <laughs> so they so they had people. Uh, you know, they had probably thirty people to a twenty foot table, twenty five people you know, sitting across from each other, and they had you know fifteen of these tables, and they were all ladies, right? Mexico is LA, so a lot of Mexican ladies uh, folding and twisting joints, folding and twisting joints, folding, weighing, twisting joints, folding, weighing, twisting, mm -hmm. all being produced by this little tiny machine. That's a piece of garbage. Right. And well, I've always thought it was a piece of garbage and I shouldn't bash my com competition, but I just, I, when I bought it, I was so angry that I bought it because dude, at the time it was four grand. Now it's like six and I bought every single attachment and it's made out of glass. So if you break it, it's a thousand bucks to fix it. It ships in a wooden box. I'm like, dude, I'm a manufacturer. I want stainless steel. I don't, I don't want things to break. I want to use it repeatedly over and over again. I don't want to have to teach a new hack. For this machine so it's turned out that all these legacy markets these are all and these are in california these are friends of mine too who have facilities who who do pre-rolls they all developed ways to make that really crappy device work better <laughs> <laughs> right so they you know everyone's got a secret everyone right. hey it works really well when you do this oh we built this for it like so i have a friend of mine who works at a spot 
And his job as the engineer for equipment and automation there to like install another motor on it to make it do, to spin in a different way and to, to ensure that the material enters the paper correctly and is packed and filled appropriately. It's like everyone has a hack for it. It's incredible, Tony. It's incredible. Like all these manufacturing facilities that build all these joints that you smoke at the dispensary mm-hmm. are being built on this inferior machine packed and filled by all these little Mexican people. Like, <laughs> but it's just like, it's unbelievable, you know? But the investment five years ago was like, oh, California legalized. Let's try to figure out the entire process. So okay. you have these machines that you can buy for 300 grand, 400 grand, 500 grand. They have lease programs, per joint programs, and they do everything for you. They shred the flour and they pack the joint with weed and they spin it, they either, you know, twist it and cut it and twist it or fold it and they, and they come out all beautiful, but they all have issues. <laughs> and no small business in California is going to spend 300 grand for it. Right, right. Gotcha. You know, they, I mean, I, I, and I don't know enough of like each specific model and what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now that I'm more focused on it, I'll be able to tell you. Okay. But like, I know from like experience and from like walking into some of these facilities, I always see the little knockbox doing its thing, bah, 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 doing whatever it's doing. And, mm-hmm. I, and I see at, at some of these spots, like a big piece of equipment that the owner ended up paying 300 grand for it and just collects dust. Right, right. right? So on, on two of these tours that I've been on, the tour person giving me the tour says, yeah, our owner bought it and it just sits there. <laughs> you know, so all these, you know, high-end tools aren't working for the industry. And what we did three years ago, I'm like, knowing that like, I didn't want to make joints with that process anymore, I ended up meeting a woman named Warren, who I met five or six years ago on a facility tour. And I saw the machine that I had only seen on YouTube like seven years ago when I got into the business. It's a machine on YouTube. If you Google it or YouTube it, it's called Mach 6. Okay. Mach 6. M-A-C-H space 6. And it's, I think it's called Moxic super joint machine or super or something like that. But the video now is 11 years old. So I saw this five years ago and dude, it's like the guy is like in Amsterdam, there's techno music in the background. It's at a bar at one of these bars. It's like a party. Right. And then he put all these paper cones in this pods, putting them all in and he puts the flower in and it's all the techno music. He spins it. uh, He hits a button and it fucking looks like a helicopter. (laughs) it it is fucking wild right it is wild right and and he pulls it out the the helicopter lands and pulls out the joints and they're beautiful and i'm like i want that machine like six years ago i want that machine so i call the company up we don't ship to the u.s and they've since discontinued it so but whatever and i'm like how do i see this machine in this corner of this room right there in in Mm -hmm. oakland it turns out that this one company was doing what i was doing right they were looking at equipment they went to amsterdam and bought it (laughs) or bought parts for it and they brought it back here they re-engineered it Mm -hmm. and it was it was in the corner and i'm like because a friend of mine had been on the tour he had told me hey i saw the machine keep on talking about i saw it in the corner i'm like the machine's right there and then a woman got up and said hey i'll turn it off for you it's really cool Mm -hmm. and then the the guy giving me the tour said no you know no don't show it to me you know fast forward that two years 
Mm. When we got the facility that you're familiar with in Oakland, that woman was working for my buddy next door. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hey, didn't we meet before? He's like, yeah, you gave me a tour. Yeah. He's like, that machine was a piece of garbage. It always breaks down. They just did not engineers who built it. I can build one 10 times better. Mm -hmm. I said, all right, cool. Well, why, why aren't you doing it? Because I'm working for this other guy. So as soon as that company folded, I ended up hiring her. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Center hated her. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, yeah, cover that off. Hates her. Hates her. You know? But she ended up uh, saying, like, say, look, Caesar, you, you get me this, you get me that, I can do it. So it was small investment. And uh, she built it. So we, all the joints that you've smoked with us that are, are made from a version of that machine. Awesome. And awesome. yeah, yeah. And then when the, we started getting hit with the cannabis, like decline and the, and the shakeout that's been happening the last year, I'm like, I had a cut everywhere. I don't like doing that because all these people, all, a lot of folks rely on, on me. So I'm like, how do we keep her and maybe think about commercializing the machine? Mm -hmm. And so I ended up finding money for that project and funding it and not letting go of that talent because that, that's important to have, keep all those best people around, you know? We've been commercializing it since last year. We got patents on it. And the first client took our beta unit, right? So we've been waiting for some for the shipments to arrive from Asia because it's Asian, Asian manufacturing, but American engineered. And they finally arrived a couple of days ago, so I, I got to sell through a few of these. But the first demo unit that was here, the a client in Berkeley has been using it. Okay. And similar how I described this facility in LA, they're a much, much smaller version of that. Much, much smaller. They had two of these machines, these knockboxes. They had uh, five people per machine and two shifts. So they have basically yeah, 20 people working there per day making pre-rolls. Uh, and I know... We know one of their employees, the guy I kind of described earlier to you, or I've been talking about him. I've known this automation expert for about five years, and he ended up working at this other firm. And he's known about our machine for a while, and he's never said anything to them until very recently when we were ready to kind of share that. He's like, Caesar, you don't know how hard it is to work on an inferior product knowing that your product is 10 times better. <laughs> so he was the guy designing fixes for the knockbox. You know, like making things for that firm to make things faster, you know, and they make, they make a bunch of joints for some of the better brands in California. This company is, we'll be able to use their name soon. I just want to make sure I, I get full like permission, but these guys make pre-rolls for like some, like for some of the bigger brands in California, thousands of pre-rolls a day. And it's run by engineers, maybe not, they're not classically trained mechanical engineers, but they're all like guys who fix stuff and make things. And then they have a production team, production business that makes this stuff for clients. So they have a bunch of laborers, kind of just factory workers. So it's a very clever business, right? Because like they'll take a lot of business on from like, hey, I'm from a brand who's like, hey, I want to do this, you know? And they're like, well, we'll charge you an engineering fee and then we'll make it for, uh, for the right. most part. And, and my buddy or our friend who I've known for five years is one of these engineers. And he's in charge of the automation equipment and he's in charge of doing all the standard operating procedures for all the pre-roll formulations. Mm -hmm. He's designed to make things faster, quicker, and cheaper. And so when we were ready, we were like, hey, we're ready to show your firm this machine. They love it. They love it. They've experienced over a doubling production. So basically, you know, the machine is like 15 grand plus accessories, another four or five. Mm -hmm. um, but with, they basically saying that the work they were doing with 20 people, they can now do with 10. 
right? So you look if you're looking at the back of the envelope ROI, you got ten people that you know they are hourly, but you know they you have to pay a certain amount of wage in Berkeley to kind of, but and it comes out to probably fifty grand a year with benefits, right? Mm -hmm. So you got ten people at fifty grand, five hundred grand. That ROI you get paid back in like a month, dude. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. they, they love it. They love it. They love it. They love it. And uh, doing all this work is a part of the homework that we've been doing or that Lauren's been doing, who's my co-founder and the CEO, is making sure these cones that we're using are made within certain manufacturing tolerances, that they don't vary from cone to cone. Okay. Right. So like, you know, you, you people smoke raw cones, right? R-A-W. Like you see that, that's mm -hmm. that elements, mm -hmm. CBD. And, it, and it's, a, it's a market like any, any other market. And the bulk market is pretty big. The bulk market is the, when you buy these things in thousands of units at a time or 800 units, they come in 800 unit boxes. Mm -hmm. That market is also very interesting because the pre-roll market in general has exploded across the U.S., Mm -hmm. exploded like this is the fastest growth market in california is pre-rolls and it makes sense right people want things that easy to buy you know easy already rolled mm -hmm. you know the people like people who are buying it are people like amber lopez's who are used to they grew up with jewel mm -hmm. right, flavored right so you put a joint in front of like a 50 year old or 60 year old and it, and it tastes like banana and you're like what the fuck is this you know, <laughs> versus like, versus a kid who's like 23, who's like, Ooh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. All these interesting trends that I'm trying to kind of keep them top of. But yeah, you definitely, yeah. you definitely on top of it, man. You definitely mm -hmm. enlightened and educating me. And I'm sure the audience would mm -hmm. definitely appreciate that. Next yeah. time you go on one of those tours, give me a heads up. You know, I I'm looking, what I'm looking forward to also in selling this machine is that this is a trade show. I mean, aside from like the network that we have, we know a lot of people in the Bay Area, in LA, that we can, we can move these machines word of mouth, but we're going to be a trade show company, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to be going to different markets. We have, uh, we're going to New Mexico at the end of May. What? We're in Mexico. New Mexico, New Mexico. Oh, Albuquerque. New Mexico. Okay. Yeah, New Mexico. And then we have one scheduled in New York and, and we're trying to get our supply chain all dialed in. But uh, I'm looking forward to meeting cannabis professionals across the U.S. Because I yeah, feel like, me too. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, if you want to stop, you know, I'll tell you where my, I'm going to be headed to, you know. But I'm, we're going to hit all these markets that I'm like, I'm pumped to kind of check out Detroit. I'm just excited yeah. to check out like uh, Maryland at some point. Or like all these new markets that are coming online. And we all have the same problems, the same issues as we're trying to scale our businesses. And the solution that we have is if you're not like, don't have 400 grand, make a million joints a day. Uh -huh. The average batch size is a thousand, 2000, 3000. And you want to save some time and money. Our machine is a no brainer. It's perfect for small business. If you're trying to do a thousand joints a day or 15, 20,000, you can on our machine at a very cost efficient price point, cost effective price point. So it's, and I'm looking forward to just like learning about these different markets. We shoot me the info, and if I can tag mm -hmm. along, I'll definitely uh, come out there and look and learn and listen, and uh, like you said, meet more professionals, and uh, that would be very, very enlightening and intellectually stimulating while I'm partaking in some of the products. Hopefully, <laughs> but about 20 minutes ago, I had to write it down again. Use one of those dollar words, ubiquitous. Can you go ahead and define that for us? I think I have an idea, ubiquitous, but what does that mean exactly? Yeah. Everyone has. If you wanted to be in the in the market back then, and you wanted to make uh, 100 joints every five minutes, that's what they claim, you bought it. 
Mm-hmm. So if you were looking at like who like a manufacturing of pre-rolls and what equipment do they use, mm-hmm. I would think that machine is probably 80%. So ubiquitous means like it's everywhere. Oh, okay. It's like every, everyone's got it. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. We on the Real Talk with AJ podcast. Appreciate the, the information. And like I said, I look forward to coming out there hopefully mm-hmm. in a few weeks and joining some of these cross-country excursions to learn more about the industry. Real quick, about a minute or two, can you tell us what, what are the latest, greatest strains out there, what you've been partaking in, and what you want to share with the with the cannabis world? Oh, the, the, you know, I was just thinking about this about an hour ago. I smoke a lot of sativas during the day. Okay. But I've been smoking very like one specific grower's strain for mm-hmm. a long time, and I love it because it, it kind of it, it's a day strain, so you can, you don't have to ever feel like it, you're like trying to want to sleep. So I, I smoke red Congo, white Congo, all, all grown by a grower up in Sacramento okay. that we work with. So I, I have access to his flower. And, and so that, that's a benefit <laughs> to me. But <laughs> yeah. I, I was just thinking about an hour ago, I'm like, man, so I, I just got back from the gym, right? I did go to the gym this morning mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm still kind of pumped and energized and I have to kind of focus on some things. I'm like, let me ask Amber and Grace, like what they would recommend, bring it down the notch. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll have more. I'll have a. I'm, so I'm gonna, over the next couple of months, I'm, I'm going to try some indica leaning strains mm-hmm. um, and I'll have more of that. Right now, sativas. I, I'm kind of smoking exclusive sativas. And at night, I don't smoke at night. I take pills to help me sleep. So I take indica leaning pills to help me sleep. Mm-hmm. But I used to take Ambien back in the day. So. Oh, okay. How are those indica mm-hmm. sleeping pills? Is that a brand or? Um, we uh we bought like thousands of pills. Mm-hmm. But as, and then they've been in our inventory. And, um, and I remember when we bought them two years ago, I'm like, man, these are going to be my sleeping pills for life. <laughs> <laughs> so I, they're indica leaning pills that were from a manufacturer in Santa Cruz. Okay, uh, I'm going to try and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, we have so many. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that on my to do list, but uh, that's good stuff. Yep. I, I appreciate it, sir. We're going to transition to some closing comments, sir. So anything. You want to talk about life, sports, politics? The floor is yours, sir. The mic I pass to you. Um, you know, it's the year's going by so fast. I can't believe the first quarter is almost over. March thirty first is coming up, and we've been in a crazy weather pattern here in, in Cali. And I'm I'm looking forward to the spring and the summer, and I'm looking forward to like uh, this is yeah, I'm looking forward to this year kind of unfolding, getting out of this weather pattern that we've been in. I'm looking forward to four twenty, and I'm looking forward to doing a bunch of things here. Oh, okay. You got big plans for 420 or what you going to get into? Yeah, we got, remember, I told you about this uh, event space that we've, right. we have, right? And Amber and Lopez have been, uh, also Amber and Grace have been diligently working to kind of throw the first event in Oakland. Yeah, there's a, it, it, yeah, if you have any listeners from the Bay Area, 420 party happening, first block party, first licensed event outside for the DCC involving a private venue. So, okay. and we have two amazing artists lined up for the show. So far, uh, they, we've commi- they've committed to the show. They have deposits and whatnot. I'm very particular what I wa- I, I've been wanting for this venue for a long time. I wanted it to be very specific to Oakland. Mm-hmm. And I, wanted, I wanted to appeal to uh, a certain culture. And I'm excited that I found, or I found one of them and Amber found the other. It's an awesome lineup. What is it? I found him. He's been, he's been around. I just, I just been now I'm like more keen of trying to look for uh, emerging artists. But the one artist we have lined up to play is Baby Gas. He's a rapper from from uh, Deep East Oakland from the from the nineties. 
Okay. And then he's a young guy. He's like he's like Amber Lopez's age. He's a great background. I've been I've been catching up on all his podcasts and reading about him. Like wow, this is a, he's an awesome dude. Mm-hmm. And, and then another guy that Amber Lopez found. He goes by All Black in all caps. Okay. okay? All black and all caps, and he's uh, an emerging, or he's probably he's he's coming up. He's a uh, he's from the twenties here in East Oakland, and he's opened up for Easy E and got a great following. And I couldn't be more proud of like Amber Lopez for finding and putting it all together. Like, it's going to be an event that hopefully will. You know, I want to. I've been wanting to rival Hippie Hill in San Francisco for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like that's where a, a lot of stoners end up going. That's kind of a tradition here in for 420 uh, fans. Mm-hmm. And Oakland, the Bay, East Bay doesn't have that. And this is the first, in my opinion, or I think the goal is to have that be the answer. Like, hey, you don't have to go all the way down to, over there to enjoy your day. Come out here for the day or enjoy some of this music, buy some cannabis that's really great and really affordable pricing. And enjoy being outside yeah so i'll send you the link to that 20 ones like yeah if you want to if you want to be around on 420 let me know okay for sure for sure it's uh it's they got approval from the city last week okay it was on the street they'll be working it doing that while i'm selling machines (laughs) okay yeah so look yeah so that that, there's gonna be a lot more parties and there's gonna be a lot more fun stuff happening this year that i'm involved with like I said, okay. I'm more kind of focused on equipment versus the other stuff. And I have a couple of great people who are uh, kind of leading that and making waves. So that's okay, awesome. Cool. Yep. Well, I appreciate your time, sir. Sure. Like I said before, my Peruvian brother, Peruvian business partner, stay safe out there, stay healthy. You and the family, uh, tell the crew at Jingle Town, I said, what's up? Uh, awesome, I will. Keep the smoke in the air. I uh, appreciate you being on a Real Talk with AJ Podcast. Uh, I know the audience is going to enjoy this episode as much as I did making it with you. And like I said, once again, the greatest ability is availability. So stay safe and we'll be in touch. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you. Take care. Right. Peace.